People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the show. And if this is your first time, welcome to the family where our mission is always about lifting up Black love, supporting Black business enterprises, and encouraging critical thinking. We're extremely grateful to those of you who've been spreading the word, and we hope you continue to do so, because the reward for you is you have more people to have conversations of substance with. A quick program note, this is our 95th episode, and we're planning something extra special for our 100th chapter, so stay tuned for more details. There continues to be more good news on the coronavirus front, and as the vaccinations are ticking up mainly due to employer and state mandates, uh, as we've heard, but we should be well into herd immunity as the vaccines are ticking up at a rate of about 1.3 million shots a day. And so even with the idiotic court cases against the mandates, we should be well into herd immunity. But let's not take our foot off the gas, people, because we're not there yet. And just this past week, Pfizer vaccine was approved for children 5 to 11. So let's keep our precious babies safe also because we don't have a single one of them to spare. Finally, there's one last piece of info that we want to share with those who are still skeptical. The government has also set up a discretionary fund in case there are any negative effects from the vaccine. So if you were to experience any adverse conditions from the shot, there's a contingency set up to take care of you without any long drawn out process. Now, we know this isn't for the hardcore skeptics, but for those whose main concern is what happens to me and my family if I have a problem with the vaccine, then there you go. Now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Thank you for your continued support. And as Ross said, look like we're almost about to turn the corner on the pandemic, but we're not quite there yet because still there's about 1,500 people dying a day from the pandemic. And I see that a lot of people are promoting that it's over. I saw the Ben Omar show and he had uh, Amy Globishaw on there and he was telling her, hey, you know, hey, you know, come on, isn't it really over? You know, why we still got to wear a mask? And hey, you got 1,500 people a day dying and people are still getting affected. So people, be safe, protect each other, protect your family. And uh, we're about to turn the corner. So support Black. And I just want to follow up with Scott by reminding people, you know, it's just, it's beyond deaths. It's illnesses that can affect your vital organs for the rest of your lives. So please, you know, do what you can, but you have to think help first for yourself and for our community. And I just wanted to say Black businesses are still suffering due to this pandemic. And we are the at the bottom of loans from the Small Business Administration. Our businesses are anyway. And we have to keep in mind that we have to support these businesses to keep our communities healthy and growing. So please take care of yourselves. Peace. Well, family, 
we just had a rocky election week in states like Virginia and New Jersey experienced a bit of turmoil while cities like New York, Boston, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland remain solidly Democrat with new mayors and some big progressive victories. And then there's the Biden economic plan package. So let's get to it. The elections are interesting to us for a number of different takeaways. And for me, the least of which is that I don't like pat answers. And the media seems way too ready with very simplistic answers that seem designed to set us up for a disaster next year and in 2024. For example, we're supposed to believe the following, that a comment that Terry McAuliffe made about parental involvement in education was enough to torpedo his campaign and give victory to a 45er. Well, I'm not buying that, such as the fact that a predominantly rural state is going to turn on a single issue, education, no less. This also, mind you, is a state that supposedly flipped the Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach areas, two of the largest black populations in the state. Remember, this was an area that Biden won by 10 to 11 points only a year ago. The only way that happens is with some real fast and loose electioneering, like voter suppression or phony counts because the turnout there, like other areas across the nation, was exceptionally high for an off-year election cycle. So I think we need to do a little digger, not just accept the first answer that comes our way by the media, because we know where they're getting their information. Right. You, you know, you, you're on point with a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of comments that you made there. And I think one of the things that, that frustrates people so much about the Democrats, and one reason that they call the Dems uh, weak is because it's just what you just described, Rod. If you can see that, and I can see that, that something doesn't smell right here, something just in the water, just not clean, but yet the Democrats have all these re all the reasons and the evidence, and they have reason to investigate, but you don't hear a word. You didn't hear a word in, in 2020, when all of a sudden Mitch McConnell won an election that he was losing and overnight he won by landslide. The same thing with Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. He, here's a guy who got outraged almost two to one in terms of money. He was on TV whining and complaining. He was losing badly and he wins by landslide. And no, there's no word from the, uh, from the Democrats about, hey, that sounds suspicious. Also, the Democrats aren't saying, wait a minute, Donald Trump was such a bad president. For four years, he was so bad. He was awful. And you had the Republicans supporting every one of these egregious things that he did. And they gained seats? That just doesn't make any sense. It's just that the whole country was tired of that crap. The whole country was tired of this guy. They gained seats, and the, and the Democrats won in every in every contest. The Democrat the Democrats won the popular vote by huge margins, but yet the Republicans gained seats. And not a peep from the Democrats. Well, Scott, the Democrats don't represent the people of this country. They're too busy representing the corporate interests, and all they can do, literally, at each election period is point to Trump and, and say, we're better than him. That's all they can do. They haven't passed any legislation. They haven't done anything to impact the lives of the people of this country. And this infrastructure bill is the latest example. The only piece they actually passed 
really is a, is a corporate gift card that all these corporations are going to get uh, bonuses out of all this money. And the people are left with nothing. The midterms are coming up and Trump and his people are going to make a difference here. And then in New Jersey, where the percentage of registered Dems increased to uh, over one million more than Republicans since the last governor's election, when they were 600,000 more. And once again, we're supposed to believe that the election was a nail bite. Now, those raw numbers alone are the first clue, because I have a real problem believing that Jersey, where I currently reside, would ever have a Republican governor. But the fact remains that Murphy was the first Dem in 45 years to win a second term, while the three Republicans have done so in between those Dems. So to me, I think we're seeing groundwork being laid for the excuses and explanations that are just waiting to be fed us if and when Virginia and then shockingly New Jersey go for the Republicans in next year and in 24. It just does not add up. And you said it just rightly so, Scott. How is it that we as lay people who just really are observers of the political environment can see this, but those who are paid to, those whose job it is, they can't see the same thing and they don't raise the same kind of questions. I, I mean, exactly. Uh, I want to go back to a point that Norm made about, you know, uh, the Democrats not doing anything, haven't done a darn thing and that whole thing. And, and, and he's right. But the other curious thing to me is the Republicans never do anything. They go in here and they sell all this. They sell all this false hope. They make all these false promises. They don't deliver anything for their constituents ever. If they do anything, they cut. They cut services. They cut programs that their constituents need. But yet, they continue to get elected. Something just doesn't feel right. Something just don't. It doesn't smell right. That you know people can perform so horribly like the way Mitch McConnell had done, has done for the last 12 years, now 13 years, and continue to get what they want, continue to get reelected, you know, bad policies. But yet the Democrats, there's not a drumbeat from the Democrats about, wait a minute, how are they doing this? Something doesn't smell right. Some, you don't hear a word from the Democrats. And, and that, that's the thing that's so concerning to me because it's like it's really really gets frustrating by the day when I see the inaction by the Democrats and they letting this guy mention like he actually won like he's the president instead of Biden pulling his his butt up to the Capitol and say hey look look dog this is how this gonna go you know I won the presidency you sit over there in that corner until I get to you or West Virginia won't be getting nothing in four years I'm in office I, I just don't get it. Well, Scott, for one, the Democrats, literally all they had to do was something like Medicare for all, which 70% of the country backs. No issue there. They don't have the guts to take on the corporate interest to actually do something like that. And then you have the Republican side, which you were just discussing. Basically, they're running on racism. They're running, like you said, they will take away benefits, but they will take it under the, the disguise that minorities are benefiting from them as entitlements. And even though most of the majority of people go getting these are white, they rather have them taken away than have any other 
people actually benefit from them. And so as for the sham of what is Biden's plan, let's just face the plain truth. They blew it at every turn, and now they want to spin it into a victory chant. You know, as the guy says in the Geico attic ad, nope, no thank you. Remember that Biden's original plan was $6 trillion. They brought that down to $3.5 trillion, and McConnell even said that he wouldn't go for anything over $2 trillion. So what did Biden and Dems get? $1.2 trillion, which the core of was exactly what the Republicans also promised they would do, which is infrastructure, meaning basically for structures. And so like you both said, the most popular parts of Biden's plan when he was running were the social programs that benefited people. Every single one of those components had between 60 and 70% support. And so what got cut out of this plan? Pretty much all of those efforts. And even the part that was supposed to be about raising the corporate and taxes on the wealthy, which is something that was supported by more than 80% of the population. And so what kind of victory is that? And they plan to go out this week, supposedly taking their victory lap and touting that. And to your other point, Scott, you're, you couldn't be more correct about the fact that the Republicans don't ever do anything that benefits the public at large. But what they had in this most recent go round was two people in Manchin and Cinema who were doing their dirty work so that the Republicans could have clean hands that Nobody was reporting on the fact that they didn't support anything. The only time you even heard their names come up was when Nanchin got slapped in the face with his supposed voter suppression uh, debate bill that he couldn't get a single Republican to vote for. But other than that, they get it basically to walk around scot-free of any kind of blame. And so that's as much of a problem as what's going on within the Democratic Party, because all you're seeing there is reporting about the infighting and no reporting on the parts of the bill so that people are going to feel like they were betrayed by this and they're going to start trying to put drop it at the feet of the progressives when really all the platform planks that the progressives wanted were the things that got them elected in the first place and they basically got turned out with nothing. Exactly. I mean... When, when it comes to the Dems and the Republicans, we we often say that, hey, they're pretty much the same. They're feeding from the same trough and that old thing. I had this conversation with a black, I had a conversation with a black Republican and, and he was talking about how the Dems don't do nothing. They can't get anything done. And, and even with this infrastructure bill, it's not what it was supposed to be, what it should have been. But what I reminded him was, and, and this is to your point, uh, Rod, about the Republicans. What I reminded him of is Donald Trump had supermajority for the first two years. He had he had control of Congress, control of Senate, uh, uh, of the Senate. And what did he do? He had an opportunity to pass an infrastructure bill, but they didn't. They had an opportunity to do something about uh, immigration, but they didn't. And that's what, I, that's what I said to him. I was like, the only thing they did was they passed that tax, that big tax cut for millionaires and billionaires. That's all they did with that, all that political capital he had for two years. Okay, he, he wrote some, he, he rolled back some, some Obama policies on the environment, you know, and on banking and stuff like that, that protected 
our average Joe Smoke, but they're never held accountable for not doing anything. Nothing. They did nothing when they had the supermajority, and nobody said a word. Uh, media has not said a word. I've never heard them say anything about why nobody's holding them accountable. Well, I just want to follow that up, Scott, by reminding everyone that Trump used all of his political capital trying to roll back Obamacare. Literally, that's what he tried to do. That was a total failure, and he never gets called out on that. So you are 100% accurate there. Again, though, I want to put the finger at the Democrats because they're, they're really setting the stage for Trump. Yeah, it, it, it just doesn't really add up on either side. And it's one of the reasons why I keep emphasizing that I find it difficult to really align yourself with either one of the two parties to any great degree. I do realize that on most of the social issues, the Dems have the appearance of supporting the issues that are most important to our community. But when it comes to the delivery, then we have as much of a problem. I don't think that anybody should ever be a black Republican because that's like literally deciding to hold on to slavery because you wanted to be in the house and you didn't care anything about anybody else who was having to deal with any of the issues. But for the rest of us, we really do need to find a way to hold the Dems feet to the fire. And one of the things that I think that has to happen is we need to have the mentality that MLK and that Fred Hampton had which was really making the argument more about the haves and the have-nots. Because at the end of the day, what you really have been dealing with is a situation where the rich are controlling the whole narrative, and it's in their best interest to have all of this other stuff out there that keeps us from really getting together and recognizing that it really shouldn't be about Democrat, Republican, Black, White, gay, straight, It really should be about the fact that you've got that 2%, the Elon Musk, the Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffets of the country who are literally cornering the wealth in a way that means everybody else is struggling. And so if that's going to happen, it is in their interest to keep us divided amongst ourselves. And we really need to reject that and start to do things that focus more on how wealth can be more evenly distributed. Not only that, they have people, they've accumulated so much wealth that it's, it's so mind-boggling to people. They can't put their mind around the fact that, you know, they're saying that Elon Musk is the first trillionaire. And you got people still working three or four jobs that can't make any meets. They can't, they can't support their family. And I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why the public is not in an uproar and demanding some answers to say, why can't we fix this system? Is not working for everybody. It's not working for most people. It's working for people who are super rich. They don't have to. Uh, uh, they're not held accountable for anything they do. Uh, you got guys who are going up in the space whenever they feel like it. I mean, there are no regulation. No po- who decides? I mean, if I just decide right today that I'm going to build some crap and just go into space with it, I can do that. I mean, and this is what has happened with the uh, accumulation of wealth in the hands of a few. Oh, yeah, definitely, Scott. And uh, like, Rod, you always say, the more money these guys have, the less there are 
funds that are available for everyone else. And that's how they're playing it. And again, they're not being asked to be taxed. And forget, what happened to all of this offshore money that's supposed to be bringing, that we're supposed to be taxing, bringing those dollars into this country? What happened to that? Exactly. So there you have it. We wanted to make sure we gave you our take on the recent election cycle and the latest news around the Biden financial stimulus plan. And so now you've got more to discuss amongst yourselves. So let us know what you think. Let us know what your thoughts are. Our positive black business experience of the week. I really like this one at just 11 years old. Caden Harris from Atlanta, Georgia, has already amassed a wealth of knowledge and his supportive parents nurtured his natural gifts and helped him launch his first business at seven years old. They encouraged him to write his first book by the age of eight. Caden recently purchased a 54-seat passenger bus that he's raising funds to convert the bus into his financial literacy traveling mobile unit to visit schools and create a money educational experience for area youth. He is looking to, to visit the boys clubs and the local youth centers to provide a platform to help young people to ha have an educational experience around managing money. So Caden will be looking for support from the community to help renovate his bus and make this dream a reality. He has a GoFundMe page that you can find online. So great job by this young man at 11 years old is out there trying to make sure that other young people have a better sense of financial literacy. So thanks again to all of you for joining us. And remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to share in long form more feedback, suggestions, or questions, or even show ideas, hit us up at the email, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Remember, we've got our special show coming up for our 100th episode in just about four weeks. And that's a wrap for another episode. So as always, we appreciate your time and interest and know that we'll never take it or you for granted. So until next time, let's do better today because that's all we really have.